Hi there and welcome to episode 38 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I am, as usual, James Brown, the co-founder of ADHD Adult UK and I have the immense displeasure, as usual, a little bit like masturbating with sandpaper, of being joined by my colleague Alex Connor. Hi Alex. Hello Vera. You know, I can't actually prepare for these in, in any way that doesn't sound inauthentic because they're always so fucking annoying that it gets... Hello, Vera. To a... It's like a thing, isn't it? So, <sighs> See, you know, if we were in the same room now, I'd probably glass you or something, to be honest. It's, it's difficult. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on to the, the equally annoying, how are you, Alex? I'm very well, thank you. Super well. Absolutely delighted. We're uh, we're for some reason a growing niche of poor podcast listened to by stupidly large numbers of people. <laughs> We've had a letter from one of the many countries that right. has a, a one listener. Ha- have we though? Have we? Yeah, this is an international one. It's from a specific country. Mm-hmm. It's from it's from England, <laughs> Specif- <laughs> specifically the Midlands oh. around the Kidderminster area. Oh, Just. Yeah. It says, it's a Robert has written in to say, has James thought about exercise? Not, not a podcast on exercise, just doing some exercise in general. Thanks, Robert. A bit hard and topical because this is the exercise. See, see what Robert did there? Yeah, well, Robert knew the, knew the, the, the episode we were going to record before we recorded it. It's, it's astonishing. Astonishing insight. Thanks, Dad. I've got a real message. Okay, good. From, I've got a message from Sandeep, and I'm saying Sandeep because I asked permission can you believe it? Um, Sandeep and I, he got into a chat. We had a brilliant chat after he wrote to say, uh, Indian fan living in Sweden. Two for one, right? Been listening since episode two dropped, which is cool because it makes us young. Got diagnosed a week ago. Was suspecting that I have ADHD for a year. Listening to you guys gave me the confidence to get diagnosed and get over the stigma. I'm way more forgiving to myself now. Life is happier. You played a non-trivial role in that, and thank you. Trying to convince the wife, my own Mrs. ADHD, to get hers as well. Cheers, Sandy. And we had a, a really long chat uh, about all sorts of stuff, and it was brilliant. So I think that, uh, yeah, I know. I think that's lovely, and and to think that we've played anything other than a trivial role in anybody's life, I think, is is a positive for us, isn't it? It isn't. He, he, he even wrote to me much more than non-trivial because yeah, it was just lovely. So that that's double international because Sandy lives in Sweden and he's Indian originally. Guess how many countries we now have listeners in, James? You know I wrote this part, don't you? Guess, guess how many? Guess. I, I don't have to guess. Are you winding me up? I don't. 110. I know. 110, James. That's your IQ, James, if we added 40. So sorry, right? So so that's obviously a joke about me being thick, isn't mm-hmm. it? Which is fair mm-hmm. enough because obviously I yeah. am a bit thick. But um, can you just tell our listeners what you typed into WhatsApp this morning? <laughs> uh, hmm? I didn't think we did this while we brought real life into this. Oh yes, um, oh yes. I I, t- <laughs> I sent you a text that said the word code. <laughs> I yeah. was. I was searching our messages for a code for something, and I've, <laughs> I wrote it in the text. Yeah, you didn't add balls, didn't you? You um, mm-hmm. and that's and but, Alex, is, is is it the first time you've done this? One hundred and ten countries, James, where at least one person <laughs> has the misfortune of having listened to us to utter penises. It is beyond us. So thanks to Sandeep, and this week because he told me how 
although I'm not probably not pronouncing it right, we'd like to say hearty namaskaram uh, in Ma- Malayalam. I think I've got that right. Uh, although, James, I would have thought a professor would already know that. <laughs> it, it started. Though. So oh, <laughs> James has been made a visiting professor, so he gets to call himself <laughs> Professor. That's like a regular professor, but worse. <laughs> professor, <laughs> professor Brown is your actual new name. And I, that, <laughs> I love it because it's like a... Poundland Professor Green, or or like a pseudonym from a bum porn act. <laughs> Which Professor ironically, <laughs> coincidentally, yeah. No. yeah. Um, I yeah, actually I'm, went a I'm bit. Sure. I actually went a bit red when you said that because I. <laughs> You're I, Professor I, Brown. I know. I hate, I, I, I hate it. Okay, so as, so as usual, this um, contents of a belched arsehole of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. That's we horrible. choose a. We choose a theme. You're horrible. We choose a theme. And last week we talked about the internalized stigma of ADHD. And this week we're going to talk about something dramatically different, but it's something that we have been asked to talk about. So thanks, Sam, for recommending this. And this is ADHD and exercise. So the three parts, as usual, include Captain Balloonhead's sloppily delivered um, evidence-based psychoeducation, our personal reflections on exercise and ADHD, um, and then the third and final bit, which we generally now just call spunk trumpeting. So we don't. <laughs> so, Alex, I, I tell you to jog on pretty much on a daily basis. So why don't you tell us about exercise and how it relates to ADHD, like the psychoeducation monkey that you are? <laughs> Captain Balloonhead's got me. Give me a sec. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so first of all, off, what is exercise? Exercise is a word used interchangeably often with the term physical activity, but put simply, exercise is a form of structured physical activity. That probably seems obvious to most of you. There are lots of different forms of exercise, strength training, endurance training, team sports, bedroom gymnastics. The options are literally (laughs) endless. James, do you know what literally means? We've talked about this We've, yeah, so basically fuck off, first of all. <laughs> and, and secondly, for the, for those that don't know, this is something I struggle with. So thanks for that, Al. But yeah, off you fuck. <laughs> well, I should probably point out that even even though he does seem to be dim, this, this is very much in James' wheelhouse of his actual real-life research. So um, a lot of this James wrote, he wrote literally. The options are figuratively, James, <laughs> endless. Anyway... What is clear is we don't do enough of it as a population. If you ask people how much exercise they do do, around two-thirds are not exercising enough, according to the government's guidelines, of 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise every week. Every week, James. Not just one of the weeks. (laughs) Or 75, or half that, 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise. Or a combination of both, and with some strength training as well. So, hour and a bit if it's really, really hard. Three hours if it's not. Um, but indeed. But <laughs> if you... That's 10,000 sex. No. But if you objectively... <laughs> <laughs> so, if you objectively measure how much exercise people do using top-quality research-grade activity trackers, it's probably more like 80% of us that are too inactive. This is a group that I am um, <clears throat> proudly a member of. I, I am uh, really not an exerciser. Um, I also don't eat my, eat my five portions of um, fruit and veg a day. Oh. 
Have you ever eaten five portions of? Do you, how many vegetables can you name, James? If you include pop tarts, the strawberry ones, which <laughs> um, <laughs> <then, laughs> is yeah, and ketchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's is that the same one? Maybe two. So, I don't know. <laughs> Shush. Right. We so we clearly, as a society, not all of us. Again, this is an average. Which is a problem, isn't it, with a lot of the research we do. We talk about population statistics and individuals don't fit in those. So as a society, we don't get enough exercise. But where does ADHD come in? It's important to state that a lot of sports science is not my friends that do it. It is poorly designed (laughs) as often very small groups of participants are usually involved. And that's because of the funding. So it's not because of the scientists. So the evidence often conflicts. Studies have shown of the, of the ones that are, you know, pretty reliable, that exercise-induced improvements in both attention and the processing speed, which is one of those executive functions, in in some patients with ADHD, uh, gets better. It's shown that twenty minutes of moderate exercise on a bike, transiently—that's like for a short period enhances motivation for cognitive tasks, wanting to think, do things that are thought-based. It also increases feelings of energy, uh, reduces feelings of confusion, fatigue, and depression, but with no effect on the behavioral measures of attention or hyperactivity in this study. In another study of ADHD patients, exercise increased cognitive inhibition. So that's those internal breaks in your mind that we don't have that that means one of the reasons we can be impulsive is we can't stop thinking or, or about things or doing things. Uh, the biggest improvements in that study were seen with people with the worst cognitive inhibition. So hypoactive in, in attention in ADHD, that's not paying attention where you're supposed to, um, that can be enhanced by arousal through engagement in physical exercise. <laughs> It's for James to say something about that. I just, a, snigger, a, sn- a snigger will suffice. A snigger's enough. Moment, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, social neurocognitive function in children and adults seem to be positively affected by exercise. So there's lots going on. Yeah. I th- the take-home message is that research really is shit sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Yours definitely was, though. Um, well, <laughs> that's too hard. Man, anyway, probably fair. So one, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we've literally published many yeah, times. Yeah, I was about to say, the papers I'm on with you definitely <laughs> are shit. A cell phone. <laughs> In one of them, we accidentally put the same picture twice. Do you remember that one from that place where we don't like anymore? <laughs> Yours also, was, anyway. I also misspelt, mis- misspelt the word principle. In the oh. title of a paper, so instead of the, like a principle, something you stick to, it was like a, a principal, the head of a school, and wow. nobody noticed. Not the editor. In the team. title. In the title, Alex. That's embarrassing. It's intense. Going to get back to exercise and ADHD. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so this it is research. Yes, it can be a bit shit, and one of the issues behind that, what might lead to mixed results in whether exercise works or not, is that. If you prescribe exercise, it needs to follow something called the the FIT model, F-I-T-T. That's frequency, intensity, time, and type. And most studies vary massively in these factors. I do, I do like I do like the word fit. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm dead fit. 
<laughs> actually, objectively, I'm not, I'm not in, I, in, in either of the, of the uses of no, that Objectively anyway. not fit. Not. That, James, is literally true. <laughs> so all in all, this, this scientific literature uh, has to be taken with a pinch of salt in some cases, but it suggests that pretty strongly, I think, exercise can be beneficial in ADHD. And the reason for that, in some, uh, is that exercise increases the release of dopamine and in fact most neurotransmitters neuroadrenaline in the brain these are the brain chemicals that allow nerves in the brain to communicate and these are affected by exercise also noradrenaline which is the other key neurotransmitter as we bang on about all the time in mm -hmm. adhd also exercise obviously has obviously sorry has massive beneficial effects outside of adhd in everybody including reduced risk of obesity heart disease cancer reduced depression Many, many, many more. It's get moving, really. That's the advice, isn't it? It is, and I think that that last bit's actually quite important. Unfortunately, delivered by you, so most people will have kind of switched off mentally. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, it is, and and that's actually that you know one of the the biggest causes of morbidity or disease is physical inactivity. It's kind of it's it's up there, I think, in the top three. And if you look at the benefits of exercise, they're huge in terms of the things you mentioned, obesity, heart disease, depression, but all, you know, some of these are coexisting conditions of ADHD. Yeah. So whilst exercise definitely, probably, literally can help with ADHD, <laughs> it, 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 it can almost certainly um, help with some of the coexisting conditions of ADHD. So get moving people. Is a, is a good message. If you could just move off this fucking podcast, I'll, I'd be a much happier. So... We um, should do a in, new one, Grammar with Professor Brown. <laughs> you're not going to let that one go, are you? That's, no. that's, not, that's no part of this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Okay, anyway, so on the theme of moving, moving on, that's enough of your dribbling moon face nonsense. Time for a break, and we'll come back for part two, where we'll give you some personal reflections. Welcome back to episode 38 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. This is part two. We are talking about all things ADHD and exercise. This, as always, is our opportunity to do some personal reflections of what exercise and having ADHD as an adult means to us. James, can you spell it, exercise? What was your personal reflection? X R. <laughs> yeah, it starts with an X. S. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. So my personal reflections on exercise. So <clears throat> I don't do it um, unless I have to. So I'll, I'll give you an example of a situation where I have to do exercise. Um, and, and this will um, play nicely into the game we are going to play later, Alex, of what's James forgotten Ooh. or mislaid. I visited um, uh, Ibiza this week to, to actually for work purposes, not for getting completely smashed and, and uh, the usual purposes of visiting Ibiza. And while I was there, when I was driving the hire car home, um, home back to the to the hire car company, um, I just ADHD'd it really. Thought I didn't have enough time to get to the airport. Didn't bother filling it, refilling it with fuel. So that's going to cost me a lot of money. And then sprinted. This is where the exercise comes in from the hire car company to the airport. Sprinted through the airport, got to bag drop, sprinted up, got through security, and the sign said that my gate would be open in 55 minutes. <laughs> so I had absolutely ages, but was so time blind. And I was, and I was messaging Mrs. ADHD 
almost in tears saying, am I going to make it? I'm really, I'm really, really anxious. And, and she was saying, you, you've got loads of time. But I was reading that as you might have loads of time. I was just, yeah, anyway. So I, I don't run in general unless I'm being Apart chased. From that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What I found, find interesting in my personal reflections on ADHD is they, gen to they, they tend to tie in with the ADHD tax. So I have had many gym memberships, Alex, um, oh, yeah. as many of us have, and then just not join the gym. The best of these would be um, a David Lloyd gym that Mrs. ADHD and I joined, which was near where we used to live. And we went in and it was just incredible. The facilities were wonderful and there was an outside pool. And in that one visit, Mrs. ADHD said, oh, this is, this is great. We can go after work every night. So, of course, I bought a year's membership for us both, which was about £1,200. And we didn't go again in that year. <laughs> yep. Wow. To make um, this story even worse, about a year later, Mrs. ADHD said, you know, I want to lose some weight. Maybe we should go back to the gym. And we went back and then they said, well, we can do it. We can, and I was very much, listen, we're not, we're not signed up for anything. And we pretty much did the same. Slightly shorter period of time. I think it was six months we signed up for and went once in those six months. So that gives you an idea of how um, little I exercise in terms of going to the gym. What I, I then tend to do is say, well, I'll exercise at home. I know I need to exercise, but I struggle to engage. So I'll tell you what, I'll buy an exercise bike. And Mrs. ADH, you will remind me that I've bought and sold three of them because they just end up as clothes hangers. I'll buy a treadmill of which I have bought and sold three. I'll buy a kind of home exercise kits, resistance bands and stuff. I've just bought one of these. It's still in the box, in the cupboard under the stairs. Got it four weeks ago. Haven't touched it. I've just had to throw away so many items of fitness clothing, like five training tops, four pairs of shorts, because whenever I start to think I'm going to exercise, well, you need new kit, don't you? Go and buy yeah, a load of new yeah. kit and then, and then obviously don't, don't wear it. Um, what, you can't I, exercise with immaculate old kit, can you? No, well, of course you can't. Of course you can't. It's got to be brand new kit that makes you stand out in the gym as a complete penis. Um, what I do find is I don't, utterly not exercises i do walk and part of this is because i've got a rubbish spine and, and and it hurts and i do find that walking helps and if anybody wants to understand the benefits of walking just google 23 and a half hours there's a brilliant 10 minute video on youtube that explains the benefits of walking and they're actually pretty broad and i just i just thought finally it was interesting to say that as alex mentioned i should really exercise up until last year alex i was a member of the world congress of the board of the world congress of exercise medicine and have run um trials in exercise and published in exercise physiology and i just you know i don't do it really to be honest wow mm. physician heal thyself <laughs> what about you what about you i know i know that you do exercise because it really fucking annoys me when i see pictures of you doing it <laughs> there's nothing i like more than taking a picture while i'm out jogging them <laughs> Of like a heron or something. Or on your bike as well. Just a picture of you next to your bike saying, I've just cycled six miles. I don't care. Well, obviously I do, and that's why you send it, because you know it winds me up. It really does. I said I think I sent you a picture of me in a, my triathlon onesie, didn't yeah. I? It's like yeah. a vest onesie. That was the most it annoyed me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do do exercise. I really like it. I, I've always done it. Nothing annoys me more than the advice given to ADHD adults to exercise. 
because of executive dysfunction, everything James just said. So it pisses me off. Having said that, personally, it is and always has been since I was little the single best thing for my mental health, apart from when James goes away for the afternoon. <laughs> so, so uh, until my late 20s, early 30s, I couldn't do anything that was repetitive, non-competitive exercise. Couldn't, wouldn't go jogging, wouldn't go cycling, wouldn't do anything, anything where you're in your own thoughts because just, you know, my, the inside of my brain is an absolute hot shit show mess. So there's no way I could do that if it wasn't constant changing motivation, which means essentially I played a lot of football, a lot of tennis, a lot of badminton, anything really that was competitive. I wouldn't even uh, go to football training unless they guaranteed that it would be competitive five a side because I, I couldn't do it. And I used to feel ashamed of that. Like, what, what is wrong with you? They're all doing these drills where they'd like run around cones and shit. And I, I now know that it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. I couldn't do it. Mm. Boring. Could you? Be so, sure? yeah, yeah. Because I was no, I was always oh, right. I just, I just couldn't. <laughs> Unless they made it competitive. And so, what I realised uh, as as I got older and had to stop playing these sort of combative sports is that for me to become a jogger and a cycler and a swimmer, which I guess I am now, is that I gamified everything, and I thought about my own motivational. Uh, strengths because they're not the same as most people. The vast majority of people don't work like we do. And this works, gamifying everything works really well. So I would actually consider myself a runner now. Um, I have loads of ways to do that, which could be, you know, they're in the top tips, essentially. But stupid stuff, really. Like, I always sign up for something, even if you don't do it. You know, 25 quid to do a a half marathon or or a couch to 5K or anything. doesn't matter if you don't do it. It's a motivator to get out there get somebody to run with, gamify times, um, speeds. Look at you, James. You literally don't know what I'm talking about. I could be speaking German and you wouldn't have No, I was, I was just thinking what else I could spend £25 on, Alex, that's not exercise-related, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is true. <laughs> my, my personal reflections of it are that if I do it on my own um, terms, with my own strengths and motivations, then... It feels like I'm I'm winning. It's it, it's so important. It's exactly like Liz Dexamphetamine feels. I've often referred refer to it as reverse cocaine exercise, so that or reverse binge drinking. You get the hangover while you're doing it, and then you get the the nice session afterwards, which for me comes out as, as relative peacefulness of mind, which I don't get normally. Well, um, I keep that, that, that's it. I keep forgetting the phrase you use. What is it? Peaceful wildness. What's yeah, exactly. Fucking and annoying that, thing that you say. That is a perfect example. That's where peaceful wildness comes from because you're slightly buzzing, but in a more peaceful way after after exercise, and that's lovely. That's uh, that's what you're doing. When you were growing up, did anybody call you a massive wanker? Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't stop you there, did it? No, but I mean, he should never have been a head teacher in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> or your dad. <laughs> no. uh, okay, so thank you for sharing that, Alex. I think it's good to have two points of view, one from somebody who does almost zero exercise and one from somebody who almost does exercise, partly just to annoy uh, a, a co-worker or colleague of theirs. 
Um, yeah, not a friend, that's for sure. No, no. I, well, I, I avoided very, very unsubtly avoided that that yeah. word. So we've got time before the break for another game of. Oh, um, are you sure? Yes. What's James lost, forgotten, or mislaid? And I, I'd like to give. Um, my brother-in-law Dave a shout out because he's actually put together, I'm going to share this on Instagram. He's worked out what the score is. He's done a little video of all the episodes to tell us what the score is and to tell me that I haven't uploaded two episodes onto YouTube. So there's two episodes. I don't know if I'm impressed with Dave or appalled because that is a phenomenal waste of time. I would say well done, Dave, for doing uh, for pointing out how rubbish you are. So as I said earlier, uh, this week I popped over to Ibiza. So the quiz, the, the the game this week is for you to pick out which thing um, I did in Ibiza, which um, was horrifyingly embarrassing for me. Okay, so I'm staying with friends in their house. Which of these three things happened, Al? Firstly, after being told that the toilet was broken, did I take a massive shit in it? Secondly... Um, after being told that four young teenage girls were coming back to the house, did I walk out of my room just wearing a pair of working underpants? And finally, um, after being given explicit instructions, did I forget to pick up a friend so in my hire car so that uh, they had to walk for an hour in roughly 40-degree heat? Which of those three these are really good ideas. As soon as you said I did something horrific, my brain went, you wore Speedos. And then the working, <laughs> and then the working pants came in. Oh, that's a good one. All three are really good. And that, mm. whichever one it is, the other two are the, the result of a fevered imagination. All they happened <laughs> last year. <laughs> did you do a massive dump in somebody else's toilet? When it was broken and couldn't flush. I don't think it's that one, because for expedition, you tend to wear man nappies, don't you? So, <laughs> Still so using the... I'm the doing the thing, yeah, it's the strategy. The strategy, yeah, it's good. Uh, oh, good. good. It can't be the hire cart, because you haven't got a friend. It must be the pants. <laughs> Working pants. Working pants make a return, and you're wrong. I actually... Oh. I, was, I was meant to pick up my dear friend, um, Frankie, after he'd been... Uh, training people in heat and he had to walk for an hour in 40 degree heat and did you um, point out to him that it's good for him according to this podcast <laughs> i did not i did not know i apologize <laughs> profusely um and yeah it was just horrifyingly embarrassing i did actually take a massive shit in the toilet um but it was after it was fixed so there was a kind of a, a semi-truth in there, so that means I think you're now. And what about the weird teenage girl story? That's entirely fictional. Well, no, 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 no. There were teenage girls staying in the house, but obviously, uh, I, okay. I, I would never in anyone anyone's house, including my own, because I hate the shape of my body. Walk out wearing my working pants. So. Uh, I should have thought of that. It would have been yeah. really abusive though if I said that. It, well, there's nothing new there. So you're now below average, which <sighs> describes you almost perfectly. Um, and on that glorious note, we'll take a break and we'll come back with some spunk trumpeting. See you in a bit. Hate this game. Welcome back to episode 38 of the ADHD Adults podcast, where we are talking about having adult ADHD and the impact of exercise. This is part three. You are here with Professor Brown and... Fuck off. <laughs> 
I'm probably get bored of that next time. Uh, well, as always, episode uh, part three is on top tips. James, you actually have evidence-based tips for exercise, not experiential-based tips, obviously. Well, obviously, tips. yeah, clearly no, clearly no experiential-based tips. I do have um, some tips. So exercise is in some ways a little bit like controlling our diet um, as we talked earlier talked earlier in an episode comes from was it the greek term dieta alex i can't remember you um you certainly pointed out my lack of knowledge in that in that area and it's really about adherence so physical exercise a bit like controlling your diet is only going to work if you stick with it there's there's kind of no point doing it in bursts i say no point there's a big asterisk there which i'll talk about later and therefore, trying to find a form of exercise that gives you reward or that you can even engage with is important. Often there are perceived or real barriers to exercise. And perceived barriers are things like, I haven't got time. I haven't got money or resources. Um, I'm, I'm too you know, too stressed. I've got too much to do. When often these things aren't strictly true because exercise can be very short. I'll give you an example. You could try something called high intensity interval training or HIT. And this is a form of exercise that can be as short as four minutes. And if you do the Tabata form of HIT, it's 30 seconds of like full on 90% maximum exertion exercise and then 30 seconds off, and then 30 seconds on, and 30 seconds off. And there is lots of evidence that the different forms of high-intensity interval training, whether it's four minutes, eight minutes, with different length intervals, are as effective as, for example, an hour of endurance training, running on a treadmill or cycling when it comes to cardiovascular benefits, when it comes to, to fat loss. So if you, if you don't feel like you've got time, you really have. Equally, if, if that type of intensity of exercise isn't something that's for you, then um, finding something that is part of your lifestyle, like walking. So I, this is pretty much all I manage to do, and that's every day Mrs. ADHD and I try and have a walk. Now, it's difficult when you live in Mordor, as I do, and there's not much around me which is attractive it's you know canals with um shopping trolleys and, and bins thrown in them mostly where i live um but we can go for a walk you know a kind of a 40 minute walk and that gets me the exercise then although mrs adh she's got tiny little stunted legs and therefore she walks a lot slower than me um so we, we get the exercise in maybe not at the right intensity so find a form of exercise that either you get reward from or that fits into your activity Equally, and I mentioned earlier about the big asterisk about just doing bits of exercise and stopping isn't good for you. Actually, this, this isn't proven, but it's likely that doing something is better than doing nothing. And even if that doing something is just getting up lots of time a day and not being sedentary or a couple of times a week going for a walk, it's likely that that is probably better than, than doing nothing. The, the, the science on this isn't very uh, complete or accurate because it's hard to do studies on this but there are studies um on something called exercise snacking which is looking at five minute portions of exercise um during the day and i even did something on for a bbc television program on this where we looked at exercise snacking and actually there are better what are you shaking your head for <laughs> boo <laughs> There are benefits of something like exercise snacking so that if you if you took five really brisk walks during the day Actually, sorry, I've, I've miscounted that. Six really brisk walks during the day. That is as effective as a 30-minute continuous brisk walk 
in terms of the benefits of health. So if you don't I feel mean, like you've got... I mean, that's just basic physics, isn't it? People always say that. I'm glad this is the research because if you, you have to move thing A from here to there, yeah. whether you do it in five bits or not, shouldn't really matter. No, I, I know, but but again, because it's not something that's really been looked at until the last few years, it was always felt that you needed almost kind of a minimum period of exercise, and it's not true. So while some of us may feel, I can't find 30 minutes during my day because you know, I get up in the morning and... and I, I, what do you do? With, I, I don't know. I haven't got kids. I don't know. Feed them, dress them, kick them out of the fucking house, whatever. Then I go to work. Then I get home. Then I, I feed them again and do whatever. And then, oh, it's bedtime. No, no time for 30 minutes of exercise. But most people should be able to find five minutes repeatedly during the day to go for a brisk walk. Um, and that will give you the benefits of that, that 30 minutes of exercise. So try and find a form of exercise that you can engage with or is rewarding. Like Alex said, he's terrible at football um, um but used to enjoy doing it and therefore he could in engage in it the last thing i'll say is actually if you are going to walk and this is again focused a little bit on those coexisting conditions there is really good evidence that walking in a the kind of the countryside or a park a green leafy area is as effective for treating um, a mood disorder like depression as the drugs that you're given antidepressants so it's as effective as prozac for example so going for a walk in a green leafy area will lift your mood as well as taking an antidepressant and that's really really important particularly as we get so much mood disorders with adhd i said that was the last thing it was a lie the other thing i would say is maybe measure your activity most people have kind of smart watches or smartphones which can measure your activity and try and get an idea of your your baseline and and then give things a try. See if you can just increase the number of steps you do from one week to the next um, and, and, and see how it goes. Alex, what tips have you got other than take photos of yourself on a bike or wearing a onesie and send them to somebody you dislike intensely? That is my tip. It's what you said, <laughs> isn't it? it really, gamify and, and don't push against closed doors. Not literally, that would be helpful. But, it would, yeah. <laughs> but emotion, emotionally, this is this is important, really, from a research perspective. The science, the, the evidence for what is best to do to become fit often does not take human psychology into account. And it certainly doesn't include neurodivergent psychology. So think about who you are, both as an ADHD person and as just a regular uh, human. And ask yourself, okay, what am I driven by? I'm driven by short-term reward, as an example, because a lot of us are. When I read running magazines, James, which I do, they talk about the high-intensity interval training being best for your body because it's factually correct. Now, my ADHD brain knows that that's going to hurt because I've done it before lots of times. And therefore, I have zero inclination to do it again. And, it, and doing that stops me psychologically, even though it's good for me. So my running training includes as many breaks, as many drinks, walks, walking around, as many look at, looking at ducks, <laughs> and as much texting people, to stop in and texting as I fucking well choose. And sometimes when I'm going on a running training, I choose not to do any of those things, and sometimes I do. But exactly what you just said, even when I'm training for a half marathon, I can take as many breaks as I want if I do the different distance because it's just physics. I can run a full half marathon without a break in under two hours and I, without ever feeling like shit during training. Because as soon as I push myself to feel like crap, I never train again. 
So Most is, of that is, was is, about, is, is this just, just the Alex showing off about how much exercise he does show? I didn't realize that this was a, a platform for you to brag about the fact that you're, what was it, your your half marathon time is under two hours? Yeah. Woo, woo, we, well done, Alex. Without being like a, you know, a skinny wuss who constantly like hurting themselves that's the key bit i'm always taking pictures of herons and sending them to the people i hate it's <laughs> it's a part it's a part of it doesn't matter just don't my my tip my advice i don't give advice normally is this stop listening to advice they are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't wear headphones always wear headphones don't listen to music you've got to be in the moment don't be in the moment do what the fuck you want do do the thing that makes it feel like it's it's for you Running machine, or should you be out in the fresh air? Do what you want, whenever you want, and then change it if it doesn't work next time. The rules, especially for ADHD adults, but for all humans, are not always your friend. Figure out what is a motivator to actually leave the house. Not what makes you happy afterwards, because that's pretty much any exercise, frankly. But you know that feeling of like, I can't put my running trainers on and go out and do this. I can't do it. I've got executive dysfunction. I've got failure to launch. Why have I? Because it's going to hurt. Then don't let it hurt. Do slow. Do it slowly. Make because I run, I'm out of breath. Then don't get out of breath. That's that's the advice. Um, um, this is something I really go on. Go on. What are you going to? I don't suppose, Don't have low cardiorespiratory fitness levels. Just it, it builds fitter. up. It's just it builds up. It's no, just no. much slower. No, no. <laughs> yeah. don't, get, don't get out of breath. Just be fitter. Yeah, no, what I mean, people, I, I truly, truly, this, this isn't just my belief, but I've, I've taken the sides, I've tried to put it in action for myself. If I'm too out of breath when I'm jogging and training, I'm running too fast. If I can't talk, I'm running too fast. Whereas the magazines say, if you're able to talk, you're not running fast enough. Get to fuck. Yeah. I mean, just a tip for people as well. If you want to work at the intensity of your exercise, being able to talk is a good example. If you can hold a conversation like I am with, with, um, with um spherical headed penis over there alex Hello. you're not that's that's low <laughs> that's low intensity exercise if you can just about hold a conversation but there are gaps and you're you're kind of you're struggling to keep up that's probably moderate uh, intensity exercise if you, you can't hold a conversation because of your breathing pattern and focus that's probably vigorous intensity exercise and if good. you like that and if you like that and that motivates you to go out next time as well do it if it doesn't though knock it on the head yeah exactly exactly right that brings us to the end and um, we've got a product recommendation quickly and it's re it's related for once which is is very rare and that's wow. to to look look at the the various free exercise apps there are so you know apple do one which you have to pay for but there's one called fit on which has a lot of free packages and it varies from yoga and Pilates through to calisthenics and it's all home-based stuff. So if you can do in your, in your house, some of the uh, exercises are, you know, four or five minutes long, some are 30 minutes long, but it's a good way to get started. If you want to get into that habit inside the house with the curtains drawn, so people can't see you in your old fitness gear. Um, it's a good start. So, that being said, that was episode 38 of the ADHD Adults podcast, uh, where we covered exercise and ADHD. If you want to get in touch, contact us on the socials. Just quickly before we say goodbye, we're going to play you out with our theme tune. So special thanks to DJ Derek Bowie um, for putting it together for us. Um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, all. Trigger warning,